Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Jive Talking coming to you from Jolly Rogers Sailing Club, where sailors, oh, I messed up my own tagline, where pirates come to play. Well, today we're going to do a show on the Coast Guard Auxiliary, and I'm going to let everyone here introduce themselves and what their function is there. So we'll start to my left. All right, my name is Becky Allmiller. My function for the Coast Guard Auxiliary is uh, we're in District 091. Our flotilla number is um, Division 1613, and we work with the Coast Guard Station Toledo. Uh, items I do for our flotilla is operations, which allows me to take my boat for patrol orders with the Coast Guard. I do information systems, and that is logging in all of our work that we do as individual members into a website. And I also do vessel examinations for any rec boater that will give me permission to come on their boat and check for safety. Thank you. I'm Christopher Haley, uh, Vice Flotilla Commander for 1613 here in Toledo. Uh, also the diversity officer. Uh, fairly new to the auxiliary, been in for about a year and a half. Uh, still, uh, still learning how things work, but it's uh, it's been a great experience so far. Okay, and I'm Kathy Slaybaugh. <clears throat> I'm this year. I'm the flotilla commander for the Toledo flotilla. I just finished off a stint of being the commodore for our region, which runs from Marblehead to uh, Duluth, Minnesota. Oh and, my word! Yeah. And when I have an easier job this year as flotilla commander, so in the so also in the flotilla, I'm the human resources officer, and member training. I'm also a district level member training officer. So in the auxiliary, we have local flotilla units. Then several flotillas make up a division, and then several divisions make up a district. And uh, in the Great Lakes, there's three. It's the Great Lakes is divided into three districts for the Coast Guard Auxiliary to mirror active duty. That sounds like a lot of work. It is. I put in about 75 to 100 hours a month, but I'm crazy. Oh I'm, I'm, I'm crazy and don't. That's a volunteer job, right? It is. And, yeah. and 75 to 100 hours a month. Yes. Yeah, but you know what? If you're passionate about something, it, it doesn't seem like letting me that much time. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, absolutely. And it sounds like you're passionate by the way, way you were talking. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've been in the auxiliary for 15 years and really latched on. I didn't know that it existed, but within 30 days of knowing that it, finding out that it existed, I joined up. I was one of those people that when I was younger, I missed an opportunity to join a military service. Okay. And so finding out about the auxiliary and realizing what we could do, that really fit the bill. And I think that's a, a similar experience to Chris. How did you find out about the auxiliary? Let me just ask that. I was, I was Googling and uh, was about military service. Okay. And something just came up about the auxiliary. And I grew up in Indiana, so the Coast Guard wasn't big <laughs> in Indiana. Uh, but uh, I, I was living in Toledo at the time when, when I discovered that. And I'm like, all right, well, there's Coast Guard here, and I could uh, I could participate. Do they have Coast Guard in Indiana? I mean, now you said not big. I'm mean, Michigan have? City off oh, of yeah, Lake well, Michigan, the Lake, yeah. little yeah, little itty bitty that. piece. And I heard that's nice, Michigan City, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice area. Lovely. How did you hear about them? Uh, also online. So I originally applied to the Coast Guard Reserves. 
Uh, due to a medical condition, I was not allowed to join. So still have the itch to, to serve. And Absolutely. after finding the, the auxiliary, it's, uh, it's been a great experience. Now, how about you? Uh, I've been a sailor since I was a child. And I had a boyfriend that passed away that had a powerboat. And the vessel examiner came to check out the powerboat I bought. And he's like, Becky, you could use your powerboat for Coast Guard patrol, and they'll pay you for gas and reimburse you for some other things. You should check it out. So I joined. That's, so the rest is history. And the rest is history, as they say. What is the main function, if you were going to tell somebody, of the Coast Guard Auxiliary? Any of you guys and all you guys can handle that. If somebody were to say, well, what's your main goal? What's your main duty? function? I would say that it's each individual's uh, goals. So there's so many missions that are available to the auxiliary that you can, the main mission for the auxiliary is boating safety. Mm -hmm. um, it's also augmenting the active duty. So my role is to focus on augmenting the, the active duty through watch standing and boat crew for patrols. What would, what would watch standing be? Watch standing is a role at the station or on a vessel where you are in control of the radio facility at the station or on the, on the, on the vessel, but you also serve as um, communicators with vessels when they're underway. So if the active duty take a boat out, you maintain radio communication with the crew. Um, there's a time frame that you are required to check in with them. Uh, usually it's every half hour, but there's certain times where it's every 15 minutes. And uh, you can also maintain radio communications with uh, the helicopter. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what well, I'm that's into so far. I didn't know auxiliary did that much. So now are you actually on the Coast Guard vessel with them? You're at the station okay. in control of, of their radio. So basically like a dispatcher? I mean, I hate to yes. use that. So if somebody were to call in and say, hey, listen, I got a problem on the phone, you would radio the boat? Do they call them boats? We, we do, but uh, we try to say facility as, okay. as a, for an active duty boat or, or an auxiliary boat okay. um, or vessel for if it was a mariner calling in. Um, but yeah, boat, boat's fine. Yeah, okay. the lar larger boats are cutters. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, now, what do you do? You do, does everybody? You're you're you are more inspection and kind of cruising around, or I know that's kind of makes it sound simple and um, it's not. But well, with what I said about how I got to be interested in the Coast Guard was, of course, I had this brand new power boat to me, and it was yeah. What are you going to do with it? So. Um, a little bit more than just offering. You have to offer your boat, but you have to go through some qualifications. It took me a year to do my crew, which is uh, what we're helping Chris get through, and then um, about a year and a half to do my coxswain. So I had the boat. I got my coxswain qualifications and then offered my boat and got a, a vessel exam, which is a little bit more than what we do with a, a recreational boater, and then I put in for patrol orders through the Coast Guard station. Uh, spent a lot of time downtown with the fireworks, concerts. We go out. Uh, we train as much as the Coast Guard does. 
so that we're ready to react to any kind of call that might come in. Now, do you are you involved in rescues then? The only thing I've really done is tow a boat that okay. somehow has had a failure on it and tow them to a safe harbor. So then you'll do inspections? That's a different qualification. You become a vessel examiner. Okay. Uh, we take a class, we take a test, and then we go out and um, get on boats that we are given permission to get on. It's a voluntary inspection. Nothing happens. You so, either pass it or you don't. So what would happen on a typical, when you're on patrol, what would you do typically? I, as the coxswain, am in charge of my boat. I'm okay. responsible for everything that happens on my boat, no matter what's going on. Uh, I make sure that my crew can do every job on the boat, um, set up some trainings, be it man overboards, uh, the several search patterns we have to do, and uh, look at the atons, go to different clubs and show our face. And uh, it's amazing who's out at their boats during the weekdays and things. And we get called aside and asked a lot of questions. So we try to service the community with the knowledge that we've attained. So boater knowledge you try to, yeah. okay. Yeah, and the, the Coast Guard Auxiliary was chartered by Congress in 1939, and it was actually a, a precursor to the military reserves in the Coast Guard. And uh, in 1996, the Coast Guard Bill in 1996 opened the auxiliary up to do anything that the active duty does except for law enforcement. So we don't uh, we don't get shipped off to war. We don't uh, carry weapons. But we are allowed to do anything that active duty Coast Guard does and, and train for that. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So you might so you have a division that would do rescues then? Some of your auxiliary members go out and rescue people if they call in and are in distress? Rescue is Or is that a different division? No, that's we are trained to do that. But rescuing is sort of uh, recruitment poster kind of things that rescues hap don't happen nearly as often as you think. Yeah, I, I guess I can see that. Yeah. I mean, because even been on the, I mean, how many times, you know, usually you call the tow boat, right? Exactly. And that's actually, that's a thing with the Coast Guard. And I don't want to speak um, for the Coast Guard, but uh, because of commercial salvage, the Coast Guard has a relationship with local marine salvage and doesn't want to take their livelihood away. So really the Coast Guard is only going to rescue someone if they are in, in immediate danger. Okay, that makes um, sense. And uh, all else goes to to uh, marine salvage. So most of the calls out there that even Chris as a watchstander that he will receive, probably 80% of those are will get passed off to marine salvage. So it behooves boaters to have marine insurance. If you pay for it 10 years, you use it once, it pays for itself. Um, You're right about that. Yeah. Because it's expensive to get towed when you don't have tow insurance. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So the Coast Guard and the Auxiliary really are only for, you know, in true emergency situations. Okay. They'll do a rescue. See, initially, before Becky, before you said anything, I, I thought maybe since you have your own boat, I thought you had to have a boat to be a member of the Auxiliary. And, and obviously, that's not the case. Prior to 1996, you did. Really? Yeah. Prior to 1996, you had to either be an owner of a, a radio facility, uh, like a like a ham radio yeah. station, okay. um, uh, a, an airplane, or a boat. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would not have known that. Mm -hmm. Now, 
when you got now you do patrols i know i've seen you and do you do nights also or is it just during daylight or how does that work yes i i, I do nights uh it, that'll take me downtown to be around the concerts or the fireworks yeah i know i went down one time with my my son's boat for fireworks i would never do it again it was just the traffic was just ridiculous and people not paying attention and it's like, have you ever driven a boat before kind of stuff? And I said, that's it. I would never do it again. I'd never. I didn't. I mean, it was kind of cool in a way. Actually, it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. I just, I think I'd just go sit on the shore next I was going to say, could you, could you hear them? Could you see them? I didn't hear about, you mean hear the booms or just, yeah, you could hear when them. You, but we were, um, but the thing is, people kept cutting in front of you going back. And, yeah. And, um, you know, we weren't going that fast. So, but I mean, and as we all know, you there are no brakes on the boat, so <laughs> you know. And, and but I made a I made a big error too. I didn't shut off. I needed to shut off more of the lights because I had accidentally left some of the lights on. Now, once I got my night vision back, you know, then it was it was a lot easier. But yeah, uh, and you know what else is that the fireworks I think draw first time boaters or I yes. just got my, I just. I just bought this vote. We're going to take it out for the first time. Let's yeah. do the fireworks. Yeah, that yeah. seems to draw <laughs> first time out. Uh huh. Now, how many how many Coast Guard auxiliary members would you say are? Now you're attached to a station. Is that right? Like like if you're in the auxiliary, are you like attached to a station? Like is that what that's called downtown? Yeah, it's it's not required, but it typically it is. Okay. Auxiliarists do have outlets with. Um, with a Coast Guard station. And we're interesting here in Toledo because we have both a Marine Safety Unit, which is downtown, and then we have the small boat station mm. up here in the point. So how many auxiliary members would you estimate there are in this area? Oh, Toledo has approximately 35. That's a good number. Uh, and also in division, and our division is Marblehead, and they're just north of 30 as well. How many would you want to have? What would be an optimum number? Or is there as many as you can get? I mean, what would be an optimum number? As many active members as possible. Okay. Yeah. So the more, yeah. the better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and like in any organization, it's, okay, you belong. What is your purpose and what are your goals? The 20-80 rule, huh? 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Yeah. Yeah. How do you become a member? Let's say somebody found us on this show and says, okay, I like the water. I'm interested in military kind of stuff like you said. I would love to give back to the community. How would do they become a member? What would they do? Is that the right term, member? Is yeah. That, or, okay. Yeah, that's a okay. Auxiliarist. Are you the man? <laughs> I guess so. All right, you go for it. Uh, give me a little pitch. So if you know the the flotilla and you have contacts, um, you can contact any flotilla, or there's an online system that you can apply for, and a member will reach out to you after uh, receiving notification. Um, I did the online because I didn't know anything about the auxiliary. And uh, shortly after, Kathy here uh, contacted me and conducted an interview. Um, there's a little bit of homework involved to, to kind of pique your interest to make sure that this is something that, that you want to get involved with. Like what kind of homework? Um, there's, there's some questions. So you kind of read a, a, a brief description of what the auxiliary does okay and and the, so they want to know they want you to know what you're getting into before you spend all the time I correct mean, that makes sense mm -hmm. um it doesn't count towards anything if you don't answer them correctly but uh, at least gets some kind of ideas to you about what uh, the auxiliary does um and after that you kind of have to pass a background check 
Um, and after all that clears, yeah, you can you can dig in. Now you said it helps you know what the auxiliary does. Let me ask you this: Were there things that the auxiliary did that you went, "Wow, I didn't know that"? Absolutely. Tell me what those were. There's countless countless missions that that the auxiliary can do. Um, and then Kathy, how many? How many missions do you think there is? Uh, I'm going to safely say there's probably over 70 different things you could do. Oh, my word. I was just talking to someone who's in the auxiliary from Singapore yesterday. and uh, They're we, in Singapore now? They're in Singapore now. How did you talk to them? Zoom. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It was 10 p.m. their time. It was 9, p- 9 a.m. our time. All right. But uh, no, all a ton of different qualifications. Um I, you see my hat. I'm yeah. play bagpipes, and I'm in the Coast Guard. Did pipe you bring them? Band. I did not. Dang, I, I would like to another time. That. Another time. Actually, I'll be back. You can play. There yeah. you go. There you go. Um, but so the the gentleman in Singapore is in our international affairs directorate. So we have interpreters. If you can speak or read fluently a foreign language, we have we send interpreters all over the world literally, as auxiliarists, and they interpret for the Coast Guard and for the Navy. I'll be darned. Yeah. Uh, there's um, marine safety things where you can be a um, a freighter inspector. You could in- inspect freighters Ooh. for safety things. Um, of course, there's the operations side, which is the planes and the boats and Those people the, the are radios. all volunteer? All volunteer, yeah. That's amazing. It, yeah, it is. And now, some things that you do, like like I talked about the interpreters, when they yeah. when they when you're under orders, then you'll get a per diem, okay, and they'll pay for your food and lodging, or at least food and lodging is covered. So you don't make money as an auxiliarist, but there are some things that when you are when you're called under orders, then you do get reimbursed for basic living expenses. Travel? Do they pay for their travel? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, that's, that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have cooks. Cooks are, are huge. We have several cooks on uh, Arctic cutter, Arctic um, icebreakers right now on a six-month six month mission to Antarctica. And so uh, if you enjoy cooking, the Coast Guard really loves auxiliary culinary arts uh, specialists. And you get the same training that active duty does. And, um, of course, you don't make money doing it, but you could be on the Cutter Mackinac in, in the Great Lakes and cook for them, or you could be on a Cutter in Alaska. And uh, there's just a tremendous amount of opportunity as out there. As soon as you said Arctic, you lost me. In <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm a warm weather boater. Let me just tell okay, you Okay, well, that. you could do the Caribbean, too. You could do a Cutter in the Caribbean. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. What kind of medical training now do you all you guys I assume you all have to be CPR certified no yes no, no. interesting no. so no medical training is required no. I know a lot of you have it right. I mean I'm yeah not, I'm it's not, not required to... and it depends on what what qualifications you do like I said there's over 70 things that we could do some of those things well they they all have certain requirements and some of those do have a medical requirement to them mm-hmm. other things like there's no there's no weight or PT, physical training, that auxiliaries have to do just to be a member of the auxiliary. But there are some things, there are some qualifications you could uh, learn how to do and get qualified in that you do need to make, um, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, a swim or a run, and you have to make a certain kind of kind of weight. What about age requirements? There, the, You only have to be older than 17. 
So and you there's could have no a ninety-five-year-old doing this. Yes, I bet there are. I'm there sure are. There. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yep. What's the oldest person you have in Toledo? Ooh, I'm gonna say eighty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, was that a former military person, or are they just no? Well, do you get? That's a good question, I guess. Do you get people who were maybe in? The Coast Guard, and then to say, you know, I'd like to serve in the auxiliary, or does that normally not happen that way? There, there are some. Obviously, if you spent a, a career working for the Coast Guard, some people retire from the Coast Guard and don't want to see it again, yeah, and others that's really kind of miss yeah, exactly, and others really you know miss it and still want to contribute. So we ha we have some, yeah. Okay, I mean, it's like I guess it's like any any other job. Now, have you ever gotten to go out in the helicopter? No. Do you want to? Yes. I want to be in the basket. Can you work on that? Can somebody do If anybody's listening, if you can put Becky in the basket, <laughs> you will probably get a free dinner and maybe a bottle of wine, maybe, that can get you in the basket. Okay. that You can't, you can't make that happen? I don't know. Our helicopter comes out of Detroit. Um, it, okay. It's up to the Coast Guard and what we train with them and what we get to do for them. But yeah, that would be pretty cool to be in the basket. It would be cool. I gotta tell you. Now, how many boat inspections would you say you did last summer? I did between fifteen and twenty okay. boat inspections. Okay. Um, we usually do. We try to go into some of the clubs. Uh, we always do Harrison's over Memorial Day weekend. I have my boats up at Lost Peninsula Marina. So everyone that docks around me is is one of my vessel exams, which makes it nice because um, they all know what to expect from me, and uh, they're a little more prepared than if someone says, hey, can you check my boat out? And they're free, and you get a little decal to put on your port side so that any law enforcement that comes around um, can see that you've gone through a vessel exam. It's not going to stop them from coming aboard your boat, but it at least shows that you've done your due diligence and your boat is safe at that particular moment when you had your vessel exam done. Would there be one item that you would say that, that people are missing the most? Not really. Uh, I've seen issues with lights, um, frayed lines, and things that are, are expired. Your um, Flares and things of that sort. Uh, looking in their engine compartment, you know, we look at those things kind of hard to to make sure, you know, there's not rust or the, especially in a powerboat, the the materials that have the exhaust and things in there, you know, make sure it's up to par. Um, our biggest focus is fire extinguishers. Uh, all boats should have fire extinguishers yeah, boat on. Yeah, fire. I can't. I just I, that would be horrible. So that's it. And it's surprising to the person that's having you do their vessel exam when something comes up. They're usually my vessel's dis good. You don't they're, need to look they're at disappointed it. that it didn't quite make it. And um, with me being around the point and such, um, they can just get that taken care of. And I'd probably still be in the area the same day. And then once they pass, they're given this decal, and I tell them to keep the paper on the on the boat. Um, since the Coast Guard people know me by name, not that it might not help is, you. Is that but a good thing that they know you by name? <laughs> yes. Okay. They'll have that paper and they'll see that I did the exam and 
you know, I don't know if that's any clout or not, but I hope it is. Now, you said you drill. You guys drill. Did you know what you said? You drill like the Coast Guard does? Or not like them, but does do your own Our operations. Do? Okay. Every time my boat goes out, we will do some type of training. Okay. So Where everybody does that training. Uh, if we're doing a tow, maybe Chris will set up the bridle and get the tow and be in charge of that. And then we'll do it, and we'll do it again. And so right. we, we rotate the job mm -hmm. so that we all are aware of what's going on. I know from working with you at Junior Sailor, you are good teaching teaching people to do things, I think. Uh, that is one of, one of your gifts, I think. Um, is there a season? I mean, obviously, in the summer, I would think, are you busier? Well, are you busier in the summer, or are you just do different things throughout the year? <laughs> well, there, yeah, we, in the, the winter is obviously training for us. It's a, it's a r real good time of year to take care of some of our required, required training. So every 15 months we have to do something called risk management team coordination training, which is really about mitigating risk and thinking about risk factors. And that's a four-hour course that, that if you're in operations, you have to take. And so we take care of a lot of that in the winter. And then obviously as soon as the water softens, we're out there I love that water softens in in the boats and and out there doing our vessel exams and and we'll next month we'll start doing some public education so we'll do we do uh, teach the eight hour required state required class for boater safety uh, yeah boater safety class okay. yeah yeah boat America is the auxiliary version of that okay and uh, and yeah and then we're out there doing stuff during the summer in the fall and then things take a little bit of break for the holidays and then they pick back up in January. Now you mentioned risk mitigation. Tell me mm -hmm. a little bit about what what does that mean? You want to you you want to look at if you're going to go out on a on a on a sail, let's say. Mm -hmm. Who are you, who are the people on the boat? What what um, do they know where all the safety equipment is on your boat? Gotcha. Um, are do they maybe have any medical issues? that you need to be aware of and be able to deal with. What time of day are you going out? Do you know, you have to understand the weather. Um, you have to be able to be, uh, communicate well back and forth as, as a team and as a crew and um, it, to, to speak up when you see something maybe getting uh, either a little hypothermic or maybe a little heat strokey <laughs> uh, to, to be able to do that. And so it's just sort of bringing these things up in your mind to remind all of us, you know, that, that there's, this, an, there's an amount of diligence that you have to have in the, the auxiliary and in the Coast Guard when, when you're out doing these things that really would absolutely be helpful to a, a civilian uh, boater as well, just to think about the things that, uh, you know, the maintenance on the boat, what's, you know, taking, you know, going around your boat every time before you go underway. Um, to just to check the lines, to check uh, check your instruments, um, check the sails, and uh, to mitigate the up, to mitigate uh, or decrease the up. You do great explaining. Right. I, I, to so decrease the, the uh, to decrease the chances that something bad happens. So this is, but this is something you take that mitigate on when you go out on patrol or right. okay, okay. Now is that something that that you would offer to civilians? 
like mit, Rick's mid of eight. See, now I can't say it now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how to mitigate risk on your own vessel? Well, the safe boating course covers that. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Now, do you teach that too, Becky? No, I do not. Um, since I'm a teacher by trade, uh, I, I get, get away from the teaching. But I became a vessel examiner because I thought, oh, I get to go on these cool boats that I may or may not ever buy. And, and I still get to teach through that. Okay. What about you? Do you get involved in the uh, motor safety course at all? I have not yet. Um, so there, one of the roles that some of the members can do are, is an instructor. So that's a, a qualification that, that you can get to, to teach these classes. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I, I got to believe that. I, well, I find it interesting that they, they grandfathered so many people in, you know, older people. Because I got to tell you, I, I'll bet you the majority of problems come from a lot of well, people like my age who never had a course. I, that would be just a guess. I could see that. I could see that. Just because, oh, oh I didn't have to used to have a license or whatever. They don't call it a license. What do they call it? Certification, I guess you would call it. Yeah. Right? I mean, because you see people all the time and you're like, what are you doing? I mean, even when you go out, that's one thing I like about this club is that if you want to learn to sail, there's people here that will go out and sail with you and teach you at least enough. So somebody say, what are you being a knucklehead? I still get that sometimes. But, <laughs> but you know, but just because you need to be taught. People, you don't just grow up knowing everything about a boat. Right. And or I think a car that, or whatever. Right. And in some of our classes, you know, we'll see the young folks in our public education classes and their parent or grandparent will come with them. And they don't need the course, but they'll at the end of it say wow that i learned some things i didn't know so i think it's it's always it's always a good idea right and sailing on this end of lake erie uh things can change very quickly <laughs> weather wise right. um so knowing knowing those things and being prepared and um for us our training always gets it right in your head it's not an afterthought it's right there so that we react and um, we have that confidence and we can keep the calm because if you're the skipper of the boat and something's going a little bit off and one of your crew starts to get a little antsy and and things of that sort they'll look at you to see how you're doing and they're like oh this is okay I should just take a few breaths and learn from this experience. Uh, every time you go out on a boat, it's a learning experience. Yeah, I like what you said about they look to you. I know we had uh, we were out on a uh, on a sailboat this summer, and it got kind of um, kind of rough. And one of the kids that never been out before was looking around to see if everybody else, everybody else was panicking. But then when he saw somebody like dragging their hand in the water and stuff, he was like, "Oh, there's no reason to be concerned." You know, so you're right. If you got your act together, and even though on the inside you may be running around going, this is bad, you know, you got to keep it wrapped together at least until, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. So I want to become a member, and you said I can just, what I would email, is that what we said would be the best way? If somebody says, I, I'm, I'm into this now, and they would email the Coast Guard Auxiliary, and you would contact them or somebody? Yeah, and actually, the and Coast Guard's, uh, the auxiliary's website is cgaux.org. Cga okay. And there is a tab on there that is join us. And you put in your address and your email, phone number, address. And uh, 
particularly zip code. And then based on your zip code, you'll be contacted by an auxiliarist that does a pre-screen. Because yes. sometimes we have people that they just want a vessel exam. They don't want to join the auxiliary. They're looking for a vessel exam. Well, then we make sure that they get connected to the right people. But if you do want to be joining the organization, then we make sure that you kind of understand what it what it's all about and what the expectations are. Uh, and um, and then pass them off to a local person. And then I, if you're in this area, it'll be me that calls you up, and we'll have a little chat. She seems kind of nice, so I think you'll be okay. If she <laughs> Good. Well, I hope a lot. I hope you guys get a lot more people. I, I'm sure you can use more people always. Always, yes. Yeah, always. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to add that we didn't ask, didn't cover? This is you know your forum. Anything you want to say? No, I, I think this is a great um, new addition to Jolly Roger, having the podcast, getting getting us, uh, I'm also a member of Jolly Roger, um, getting us out there and then bringing in agencies like ourselves and, and the other uh, interviews that you've been doing. Uh, I think it's good for the area. Um, you know, we're here in the point. Uh, we meet at the station when we meet. Um, the, the guys are, are great to us. Uh, they're very helpful. Um, in the junior program, I actually, with my connection, had a Coast Guard boat come over. That was awesome. And um, the kids really enjoyed they being did. with the Coast Guard and, and seeing their boat. And then they hung out on the water, and the kids could sail around them. And, and the the crew of that boat really enjoyed it. And then I passed off a, a Maybe we'll get a return this year? I believe so. Oh, yeah. I believe so. That that was very that was very nice to have them here. I appreciate that, and I know the kids did too. Well, if there's nothing else, I tell you what. Thank you guys for coming. Thanks and for I would us. like to see you mentioned maybe see if we get some active duty people in here. Absolutely, that would be pretty awesome too. And if you guys want to come back at that time, it doesn't matter. You know, we can have a big party and you know on air. <laughs> so, thank you very much for coming, and um, have a great evening, guys. Thanks, Thanks so you. much.